All right, it's the payoff pitch. Quinton Pelza, Luke Bogoni with you. Uh, the fifth episode of the payoff pitch. We're recording uh, this on a Friday, so you're listening to this on a Sunday. Uh, you know the drill. It's the third time we've done this. So um, a lot to get into this week. We last went live on Sunday, so that was five days ago. Um, we're back at my house recording this, the fifth episode. Um, a lot to get into, a lot of stuff breaking early this Friday morning, um, and we'll take you all the way until um, Undercovered with Emily Adams and Alora Lagarde um, right after us. But Luke, how you doing today? I'm doing well. Very happy to be back. Uh, I guess a bit disappointed that we're recording on a Friday today because, you know, obviously we're going to talk about the NCAA tournament and we're going to talk about, I guess, our predictions, and by the time the show airs, the games will have already happened. So that's a bit disappointing, I think, from our eyes. But otherwise, we got some MLB, we got some NFL. Morton's coming out of the NFL. Zach Wilson's pro day is today. I'm very excited for that. I'm sure both of us are. But yeah, happy to be back, and uh, let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. A lot to get into. And last time we were live, that was on a Sunday. Uh, we had the games for that Sunday as well. That was the round of 32 and uh, we saw a pretty good amount of upsets. Illinois, they lost. Uh, Baylor, they took care of business. And I think one of the biggest upsets was Syracuse. How is Syracuse still in the mix? They're going to be playing on Saturday. And, well, I mean, if you're listening to it now, they played yesterday. And hopefully, I don't know if you're a Syracuse fan, they won. But they, they're, they've gotten pretty far. They're the 11th seed right now. And they took down a, West, a very good West Virginia team. They, they've shot the roof off the gym. I mean, in the first game where San Diego State, they shot 56% from three, which is a wild number. It's not like they're taking small amounts of threes. They're taking a lot of threes throughout the game, and then they shoot 46% or 45% against West Virginia. And they shot 35% on the season. So they're shooting way above what they were during the regular season, and it's obviously leading to NCAA tournament wins. Now, Houston is not very good versus the press, as I've been told by a lot of Syracuse friends, but, you know, Syracuse has to continue to shoot like they've been. So, so be a good matchup. Buddy Beheim had 25 points against West Virginia. I think he had 30 in the game against San Diego State, something like that. Is he going to be an NBA prospect? I've, I've heard this on the radio, and I've asked this question each of the last two weeks that I've been over your house, and I keep getting the same reply. No, he can't play defense. He's not an NBA prospect. But the more I see him, the more I'm like, how is this guy not going to be considered for the NBA? I mean, I, the NBA is moving gradually towards moody, more shooting, and Buddy Beheim is one of the best shooters I've ever seen. I can definitely see himself carving out a role as just a bench shooter, come off the bench, hopefully hit two or three threes a game. I mean, you look at someone like Joe Harris in the NBA. How great is he at defense? He's just a spot shooter and a great asset for the Nets. He doesn't have to be a main piece. He's this kind of side guy who comes in, hits a couple threes. I think Buddy Beheim could find himself in that kind of role in the NBA, but it's tough when you're not the most athletic and you're not great at defense either. But. I, I actually have the perfect NBA comparison, and I know you probably know who this guy is. He's a former Nick, Steve, Steve Novak. Novak. Yes, Steve Novak, perfect comparison. Knockdown shooter, best shooter it. that we've ever seen. Yeah, and that's it. Can't play defense. It'll be a three. I think Novak actually kind of played the power forward or the four. He can't be himself a out of the three-point line. Right. And, it doesn't matter. And, Just a three-point shooter, and that's it. But Buddy Beheim can do that. Yeah. You, you can establish yourself as a pretty good NBA role player if you can knock down the three ball consistently, and that's what I think Buddy Beheim can do. We'll see how that goes. I think he's a junior now, so 
Yeah, I think he'll he'll definitely return. He'll have another year. Definitely loves playing with his father. And yeah, and how about so? Let's just take a look at the rest of those games last well, I week. I want to briefly talk about Loyola Chicago, Illinois. I mean, Loyola Chicago, oh, yeah. okay, eight seed. They were they were dumb. They did not trail in that Illinois game. They led the entire way. I think looking at that region with Loyola Chicago, Syracuse, Houston, and Oregon State, I think in my mind they're the clear favorites to get out right now. Yeah, and I should have known this from before. Loyola Chicago, they they did pretty well. When was it? Like two or three years ago? Was yeah, it two years ago? Two years ago. Two years ago, did really well, and I should have known Loyola Chicago in the NCAA tournament, kind of like Villanova, which we'll get to a little later. But I mean, if you see them in the tournament, they're gonna win a game. Yeah. I mean that that's pretty much it. I didn't know. I didn't think that they were gonna beat Illinois. I was. I I I thought Illinois was gonna take care of business. I thought this Illinois team. I mean. Going back a couple weeks ago, last time we were here, I picked them as one of my three teams that I think could win the championship, can cut down the nets, but obviously did not come into fruition. They they were just thoroughly outplayed, as I said. Yeah. And Loyal Chicago's head coach, Porter Mosier, done a fantastic job. And I think Illinois Chicago, Illinois Chicago, I keep messing that up, Loyola Chicago, <laughs> I think they were a bit misseeded as an eight seed. A lot of rankings I looked at had them as a top 25 team throughout the year. It's tough ranking those teams who play in mid-major conferences, but... I think they're better than their eight seed suggests, and they've proven that up to this point. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree with that. Um, Villanova took care of business against North Texas. Um, they won by 23. I think we all kind of expected that. And then a uh, very good game was Oregon State-Oklahoma State. I think yeah. a lot of people had Oklahoma State, including myself, as kind of a dark horse to get to the Final mm-hmm. Four and win the championship. But Oregon State, they were leading, and uh, they pretty much had control of this throughout the entire game. Ethan Thompson had a great game, 26 points. Cade Cunningham came on late, but it wasn't enough. Oregon State, the 12th seed, yeah. getting to the Sweet 16. I don't think... When is the last time we've seen the 12th seed be in the Sweet 16? I think Florida Gulf Coast. Been a long, long time. And you look at Oregon State, they were projected to finish last in the Pac-12. They go and win the Pac-12 tournament. Now they win two games in the NCAA tournament. They take down Oklahoma State, who, as you mentioned, a lot of people had in the Final Four or even making the final and winning the championship. So... This team should be proud of their run so far. I do think personally it will come to an end, as you probably could tell how highly I spoke of Loyal Chicago just now. But that Oklahoma State-Oregon State game was kind of wild. It was Oregon State had a full court press going for the final 15 minutes. And Oregon State, they were, they were up 18. The lead went down to four at one point. They were yeah. crumbling. It honestly looked like a high school basketball game for a section. I thought that was just funny enough to mention. But yeah, the, that region has been crazy in itself. Yeah, no, it has definitely been another upset. This is the next day on Monday. How about Oregon beating Iowa? Oregon just and that game started off like they scored. They scored fifty points in yeah, the first half. Yeah. That was like an NBA game. That Luke, was crazy. Luke and Garza had no help. I mean, three of the starting five didn't score for Iowa. Yeah, Garza had thirty six. Garza had thirty six <laughs> points. Jeez. Shame for him to go out. But Oregon was clearly the better team. And now we get Oregon USC in a Pac twelve matchup, which USC. Dominated Kansas. I mean, yeah. Through and through, won that game. I think it was nearly by forty. So, Pac-12 really showing out. I think, I think the one Pac-12 loss so far has been Colorado. They lost to Florida State, who many people have in their Final Four. Yeah, and I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, "Oh, the Pac-12 got to put some respect on the Pac-12's name." Okay, that's great. This year, that's fine. But in the past, yeah. they've been horrible. Awful. I mean, this this year doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, like they had one good year. Fine. The Pac-12 yeah. had one good year. Okay, but. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna try to like 
come up with something else to say that the Pac-12 is some sort of great basketball conference, and even great football conference for that mm-hmm. matter. But Pac-12 <laughs> has really fallen off. Wait, so Q, let me ask you this. What game are you looking forward to most come tomorrow and Sunday? So for Saturday, I mean, I think we should kind of stay away from the Saturday games because we really don't know what's what went on on those yeah, Saturday games. True. Uh, I look straight to Sunday, and then I look at that 5 o'clock matchup, Florida State-Michigan. Yeah. Florida State-Michigan has to be that primetime matchup. I'm also looking forward to see that Pac-12 matchup yeah. later on that night. Mm-hmm. But Florida State-Michigan, um, I'm going to take Florida State in that one. I'm, I'm with you on that. Michigan, they did impress me, though. I thought losing Isaiah Livers, who was probably their best player throughout the regular season, would really hurt them. But Florida State looked really good versus an underrated Colorado team in it's funny, that's the only one versus four matchup in the Sweet 16, and that means that's that's the only part of that little section of the bracket that went chalk, because it's, if it's one through four, then that went chalk each time. It's usually one through four, two and three would be, but obviously this year's bracket has been so crazy yeah. that we have UCLA and 11C taking on Alabama, or seven Oregon and six USC. It's been wild, a wild year for the return of March Madness. So later on today, it's going to be Creighton and Gonzaga kicking it off at 2.10. Um, obviously, this is on a Sunday. Uh, I think Gonzaga is just going to roll. I don't know what the line is on that. Yeah. If, it's, if it's minus 20, I'll take the minus 20. I don't care. I think Gonzaga is just going to roll over Creighton. Yeah, they were awesome versus Oklahoma. I mean, they fell down a bit early. And this is the first time I watched Gonzaga through and through this year from start to finish versus what I would say is a competitive Oklahoma team. And Gonzaga just – they each possession is – they value it so much, it seems like. It's it's like they always get a good shot off. There's no bad shot selections within that lineup. Coach Mark Few has done a tremendous job there. Yeah, they really have. They have a lot of great NBA players or prospects, too. Jalen Suggs projected to go third overall. They also have Drew Timmy, who's going to get drafted. They also have another guy, too. It's Oh, Corey Kispert. How can yes. I forget about Kispert? He's a sharpshooter. Um, I looked in the last time that I, that I checked the NBA mock drafts. They have him as a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. Corey Kispert. That's just a three-point shooter. Yeah. Like, unless I'm looking at something different, like, how is he a top-ten pick? I have no clue, but uh, it's just these NBA guys who know more than I do, I guess. All right, so we're in the Sweet 16 now. <clears throat> we obviously each picked Gonzaga a couple weeks ago, but let's stay away from them right now because I think they're the clear favorites. Repicking the Sweet 16, looking at all these teams, who's your finals favorite? Let's say we did a repick on our teams because you had Iowa, Oklahoma State, and UConn, right? All of them are out. And I had, I think I had Florida State, Michigan, and Illinois. Illinois is out. One of Michigan or Florida State is going to be out. So just picking your champion out of these eight. Wait, so how did you have, wait, how did you pick Florida State and Michigan to get to the Final Four if they're in the same freaking region? I honestly just didn't do enough research. Okay. Or we just didn't. I'm pretty sure I picked Florida State. Because oh. we picked one oh, okay. there at yeah. the time because we right. both had Gonzaga, so that probably sense. has to do with that. But out of these 16, let's say no Gonzaga because I think we can each argue Gonzaga's favorites. Who's your favorite to win the tournament? You want to give me first pick? Yeah, I'll give you the first pick. Alabama. Okay. I'm taking Bama. Taking yeah. Bama. What, what I saw from Bama, just the three and D team. Oh, yeah. No, oh, my God. If they're knocking down threes, no one's going to beat them. Like, seriously. I, yeah, it, it, yeah, if they're making their shots, they live and die by the three-point shot. Right. They so. shoot, like, 40% threes, 40% layups. It's and crazy. You got to love Nate Oates. He's he's awesome yeah. as, as the Alabama head coach. But me, I guess I'm going with the obvious pick again here. I'm going Baylor. They looked really strong versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin dominated UNC, shot the roof off the gym. I know I already used that reference. But Baylor held them defensively. Now they get a Villanova team who I think both Quentin and I picked 
to lose in the first round to Winthrop, Winthrop, however you pronounce Winthrop. it. Winthrop. Winthrop. And I love Baylor going forward. They are my favorite outside of Gonzaga and Michigan State because of how good Gonzaga has been. All right, so there you have it. There's our there's our revamped picks. We also actually do need to get into some little bit of a breaking news. Shaka Smart is reportedly in talks going to Marquette. Yeah. So Shaka Smart, who agreed to be the Texas head coach, the six Texas year, head coach six years ago. Six years ago, yeah. he's been. I would say overall he's been underwhelming. Completely. They haven't won a tournament game. Yeah, had, they haven't won a tournament game. They did win the Big 12 championship and the Big 12 this year, but up until that point... They, they went down to Abilene Christian in yeah. the first round, a, team, a year where you were a three seed, I think maybe the best team he's had while at Texas. Definitely underwhelming tenure for him, especially with how successful he was at VCU. So, so now he goes over to Marquette. I read somewhere that he's... From that area, so I'm sure of course that's yeah. why he ended up there and because that's Sh- kind of a random program to just end and up Shaka Smart. Shaka Smart thrives being the underdog. Marquette's been a yep. program that has definitely been rebuilding over the past few years, and of course he goes to the Big East now. He's going to have to contend with the with UConn, and it's just going to make the Big East so much more competitive. And actually, overall, I think it'll be a lot more fun to watch the Big East coming up in the future because that that's going to be great. But hey, Steve Novak, Marquette alum. Is he really? Yes. Oh my God, how about that connection? But speaking of Sweet Novak, let's transition now into the pros. Yeah. NBA trade deadline was finalized for us yesterday. For you guys, it was on Thursday as you're hearing this. The Knicks did stay put. The Nets also stayed put. And we had some big trades specifically coming from the Miami Heat. So they got Victor Oladipo. Actually, I don't even think they... They didn't give up actually that much. No, no, they didn't. Because he's going to be a rental player. And I think the whole reason why the Knicks weren't really interested in Victor Oladipo was because they were going to try to make a run at him in free agency so, if they even wanted it. Yeah, the Rockets are getting Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and 2022 first-round pick swap rights. Okay. Oh, actually, wow. Okay, so the Heat got Victor Oladipo. They also are reportedly in talks with LaMarcus Aldridge, yeah, who was him. bought out by the Spurs. So now you're talking about the Heat getting Oladipo, they're getting Aldridge, and they're going to pair him up now with Jimmy Butler, and the Heat didn't have to give up any big-time rotation players um, that were that was in their rotation. So I think that's a huge move for the mm-hmm. Heat, and the Heat right now, they've been, they've been just used underwhelming again. I mean, they've been, they've been terrible this year. Yeah, they, they have not been very good this year. But to go and get a guy like Victor Oladipo, watching the Heat in the finals last year, like, Extremely well coached. Jimmy B, the obvious star. They, I feel like, I mean, Goran Dragic was out, but I feel like they lacked that second score. And Oladipo is a score. That's what he's done really since he kind of entered the NBA. He's averaging 20 points per game this season. Granted, that's on a really bad Rockets team where he's taking a lot of the shots. But now he's heading to a really good Miami team. They have underwhelmed this year, but they're not, they're the not roster. good. They're not good. They are good. No, they, they're not. They, they, they're not that good at all. The Knicks have a better record than them. All right, they're not good. It's, it's they're, still they're a game. Good. They're a game under five hundred. Luke, they're not good team. Okay? They're the four seed. If you want to make the argument that they're now a better team with Oladipo yes, that, that, and maybe Lamarcus Aldridge, fine. But they're not a good team right now. You can't say they are a good team. I come playoff time, I would be more scared of playing the Heat than I would be of playing the Knicks. I would agree with that. But the Heat also, you can't say the Knicks. The, you can't say the Heat are a great team. Right, they're not a great team, but adding Oladipo. They certainly improved their roster and adding someone like Aldridge. Now you got Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Victor Oladipo, all guys who could score. They've got players. They've got some great players. I, I agree with you. 
But the Heat, just like the Celtics, are not a great team. The Celtics have great players. They had two All-Stars yeah. this year, probably could have had three All-Stars, and they're still terrible. They're two games under 500. Like, how are the how are the Hawks doing better than the Celtics and the Heat? How are the Hornets doing better you than know, the Celtics, you know the Heat, I the Pacers, the Bulls? How... All right, the Bulls. How about the Bulls at the trade deadline? Yeah. Making a move for Nikola Vucevic, and they're, the, they're five the games under 500. Yeah. I mean, the Bulls, I, I don't even know where to start with this move because, I mean, Vucevic is one of the more underrated, maybe the most underrated player in the NBA. He does not get the recognition he deserves. He hasn't for a long time. The Bulls, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of, I have actually a good amount of friends who are, for some reason, Chicago entire sport fans, and they're like, this trade makes up for signing Andy Dalton as our quarterback one. And as you mentioned, they're five games under 500. So are they just full on sending it, trying to get an eight, seven, or six seed in the East, but then having to come up against Brooklyn or Milwaukee or Philly, whatever it may be? I mean, it's tough to do that when you're trading away young guys like Wendell Carter Jr. and two first round picks. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, they. Wendell Carter Jr., when he first got drafted and in his first year, he actually looked like a really good player. Yeah. And I was mad the Knicks didn't try to didn't get him because I think he was in the same draft as yeah. Kevin Knox, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And Wendell Carter was there. I think he went a pick or two earlier. Oh, was or, he? Or later? I, I thought he was later. I, anyway. You know, let's find out. Anyway, I really like Wendell Carter Jr., and I really do like what the Magic have done as well, getting those picks. They traded away Evan Fournier. They traded away Aaron Gordon. And they actually have put together a pretty decent young core. Mm-hmm. Um, they also made a trade with the Nuggets. The Nuggets got better, um, getting Aaron Gordon. Um, and the Magic also pried away from the Nuggets. Gary Harris, a very good perimeter defender who's still really young. Yeah. Um, that was, I think both teams won in uh, in that trade as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, so it was a 2018 draft. Wendell yep. Carter went seven. Kevin Knox went nine. Okay, uh, He good. did not so, fall, but okay. he, was, he did look impressive coming out of Duke. His rookie year, but Chicago's had a lot of high draft picks over the past couple of years, and they still, as you mentioned, five games under five hundred. So, yeah, I mean, and Zach Levine. I think the reason why they did this was because Levine is actually Levine's done really well. He's a great player to build around. Nikola Vucevic, you got him for a second year as well. So they want to try to build that core of Levine. They want to build around Vucevic. Uh, they also got Al Farouk Aminu in that deal. I guess you can just throw him in there. Um, but they got Kobe White, Patrick Williams. They have a decent young yeah. core. Yeah. But I mean, I I don't know about the coach. They're five games under five hundred. Yeah, it's Billy, and it's Billy Donovan who had some success with the Thunder. Yeah. I mean, this Bulls team has been a question mark for so long in the NBA because, as you mentioned, they're a young core now, and they've had a young core for a while. I mean, they got Lloyd Markkinen on top of all the guys you just mentioned. It's they've had all these high draft picks, and they just really haven't come along. So we'll see. Now they traded four star. In Vucevic. And the Knicks didn't make any move. Well, they did. They made a move. They got Terrence Ferguson. They gave up Austin Rivers. And they uh, gave away Iggy Brasdakis. Yeah, so not really anything of note. The Nets also stayed put. Um, Andre Drummond got bought out by the Cavaliers. And reportedly, he is not on the list for the Nets right now. The Knicks are actually on the list they're actually above the Nets to maybe get Andre Drummond, and then obviously I think the Lakers right now are the front runners. Would you Would you want Andre Drummond? Um, I would. I would like him for this year. I wouldn't want to break the bank for him and sign him to a huge like four year, eighty million dollar deal. Yeah. 
But if you were going to tell me that he's a rental player and I can get him for half a season, he can help on the boards and do all the dirty work down mm-hmm. low if Mitchell Robinson gets into foul trouble or Tosh Gibson gets hurt yeah. or uh, Noel doesn't come back from his injury, um, yeah, I think it's good. I think it's a good signing. He's a yeah. good player. I agree in that you sh- should definitely, I don't think they would commit to Andre Drummond long term, but rest of the season rental this season has been... Overall, I'd say a success to the Knicks so far, going out and getting a guy like him. And there's no need, really, to commit to him long-term because you have a guy already long-term, and that's Mitchell Robinson, who has been fantastic. I know he got hurt earlier in the year, but he was a second-round pick. No one really expected much of him, and he's come out, and he's played very, very well in his first three years as a Knick. And there, I saw... The Knicks were rumored to meet maybe trading Mitchell Robinson. I was like, wait, no, please wait, don't. are you kidding me? Mitchell Robinson? You're, you can literally build around Mitchell Robinson, R.J. Barrett, and Julius Randle. Like, yeah. those three guys, and quickly. Yeah, quickly. Is Talk bad. about young course. Yeah. The Knicks have a uh, good no, young and nucleus. It's taken a lot of a lot of picks, I mean, because then you go back and look on the whiffs. I mean, Kevin Knox, as... He was back he, in the rotation. He, he played last back, night. He was back in the rotation. He played, I think, six minutes last night. Yeah, there we go. And... Frank Nilakina, I mean, he survived another trade deadline, but that pick has obviously not. If the Knicks traded Nilakina, I don't think anyone as a Knicks fan would bat an eye. Yeah, I mean, I I would have been okay if they traded him. Like, honestly, I was thinking about this. They could have traded Nilakina. I I would rather them trade Nilakina than Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers gave us like two weeks of terrific basketball. As I said, rest in peace. He was he he was top of New York City for two weeks. Remember that Jazz game? He was. He was like 10 10? Was he like 9 9 or 10 10? He couldn't miss. Uh, it was... When's the last time Nilakina's made 10 he, shots in a season? He doesn't. He yeah, doesn't, man. Exactly. You know, I remember those days when Dave Fisdale was the coach. Oh, I'm taking Frank Nilakina to an NBA playoff game so he can experience what. It, it's just been a failed project. What a, what a joke. Thanks a lot, Phil. Yeah. I mean, he played the triangle. Yeah, okay. Nilakina has been. He's been but awful. Want to look back at the Magic trade quickly, trading Aaron Gordon? I mean, they've traded. They traded Fournier, they traded Vucevic, they traded Aaron Gordon. They, they're, they're fully... They must love Kate Cunningham or something. Or I think they're getting the first overall pick because they got rid of everyone. I don't I don't really think you can even put all your eggs in one basket to try to get that first overall pick. Because oh, no. we've seen so many times that that worst team not get the first overall pick. No, just cough, like the cough. Knicks. The yes. Knicks. The Knicks, when he was... They go seventeen and sixty-five. I think the year oh we get the first gosh. overall pick. And they, I mean, up, they didn't get they the second. The they got they the third. third. They got the third. I mean, RJ, we love you, but one or two would have been better. I mean, yeah. I mean, you would rather have obviously Zion or uh, John Morant, but I'll take RJ. RJ, did you see him last night? It was awesome last night. I mean, and I do have to take back what I said earlier. I said I think we were literally in the same spot two weeks ago when. I was talking about the Knicks' second-half run, and Julius Randle had to come out. He had to play really well in order for the Knicks to win. But Randle didn't play well last night. No, he, he didn't. didn't play well against the Wizards. It was a gritty, come-from-behind win against the Wizards, and Randle didn't even have 10 points, I think. And we, RJ- t- we talked about how R.J. Barrett probably is the second guy on any team in the NBA, and, la- and we've seen it now, really, since the All-Star break. He's come out and played extremely well. Yeah, no, R.J., Absolutely fantastic last night with that and one transition layup. I mean, that was just fantastic. You had Alec Burks, who has turned out to be a terrific signing by the front office of the Knicks. I just get more and more excited watching quickly night in and night out. Just yeah, no, quickly because there's something about rookies and for like it's like it allows me to look into the future and be excited that 
you know, we may have actually nailed a draft pick, a late draft pick, because the Knicks don't do that. Randall had 13 points last night, not playing well, 5 of 16, and you would think, you know, just looking at that line, the Knicks probably got blown out by 20. But because they were playing the Wizards, and because R.J. Barrett went off, quickly had a great game. Burks had 27 points. Taj Gibson, out of everybody, had 10 points. Like, they actually have some firepower behind Julius Randle. And on any given night, if Julius Randle doesn't play well, they've got some guys that can actually carry the load. And I was wrong about that two weeks ago. Uh-huh. Imagine they get the four seed and host the series. It'd be so electric. So, right now, if the standings, if the playoffs started today, they would be playing the Hornets. As a four, right? As a five. As a five, okay. Right, yeah, so as a five, can... and that's a that's a series that's... that I think no Lamelo, no Lamelo, no Lamelo. If the Knicks won a playoff series, we would talk about it for at least the rest of the year. I mean, I think they can definitely win. I think they're the better team than the Hornets, but I think if they drop down one and they match up against the Nets, no, yeah, that that's gonna you be. Need, you need we need that four or five. Yeah, no, you definitely do. If you want to win a playoff series, you need the four or five for sure. But and the Nets, we just we just spoke in the Nets. They didn't really do anything. I think they're fine. You know, they're they're playing really yeah, well I mean, right now, they, and their their big deadline acquisition is gonna be getting Kevin Durant back in a couple yeah. months so, um, or a couple weeks. Yeah, uh, you look at their roster. I don't know if you could have added much else to roster like that in terms of talent. I mean, maybe trying to find a defensive player, but... I guess the only other thing that they could have done was maybe package Spencer Dinwiddie in a yeah. trade. Um, but I think... I think we're, we're being nitpicky a bit because... Yeah. Just I mean, who else, who else would you be able to get? Like, I guess the Hawks, John Collins, a center. Yeah. You can get another center for DeAndre Jordan, who's been terrible. But, I mean, yeah... You have you have three of the top ten players right now: James right. Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. You don't need anybody else. Like if you can't win with that team, you can't win with any team. Really. And last last point before we head to break: Kyle Lowry stays put in Toronto, and the surprise the Lakers did not make a move because from based on some tweets that I read, they had the opportunity to give up guy. I forget his name. Um, Schroeder. Schroeder was involved. He would have been a couple really? draft picks and Tht. Horton Tucker, I think it's his name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know his first name. Apologize for that. But apparently they were hesitant. And why not go get a guy like Kyle Lowry for your team right now? Especially no LeBron for a couple weeks. AD's out for the foreseeable future. I think it just came down to the the Raptors asking way too much for him. And I think the Raptors, in the end, they were fine. And Masai Ujiri, who's been terrific as a GM for the Raptors... He's not gonna get. He's not gonna get hosed on a deal. So um, that's fine. Raptors are still. I mean, they're in the East, and I know they're not playing well. But like the Raptors are the Raptors. Uh, they're eight games under five hundred, and as it is right now, they are three games out of an eighth seed. I think the Raptors are gonna definitely try for it. How can you not in the Eastern Conference? But, it's tough. I mean, Raptors. We were talking about the. We we're talking about the Heat, and now the Raptors. Both teams. One, one, went, one made the NBA Finals, Raptors made the Conference Semifinals, went seven games with the Celtics last year in the playoffs, one of the best teams in the East, and now both teams are, just specifically the Raptors, not even in the playoff spot, the Heat, sitting one game under 500. But we're going to take a quick break here on the payoff pitch. Hope you guys enjoyed some college basketball and some NBA. When we come back, we got Major League Baseball to talk about. Very excited to get into that. This is the payoff pitch with Quentin Pelzel and Luke Bagoni. Hey besties, if you love VIC Radio as much as we do, 
you want to know what's going on in the studio or you want to stay in the VIC loop, why not follow us on our Twitter at VIC Radio and our Instagram, which is also at VIC Radio. Keep listening to the best of what's next, your favorite indie music station. Welcome back to the Payoff Pitch. Quinton Pelza, Luke Bagoni with you, and we are going to get into some MLB. We got the season right around the corner. Four days from now, it's opening day. Um, April 1st, I believe. That's when the Mets, that's when the Yankees start. Um, it's going to be, I think it's really going to be a great season. Both teams have high expectations, and I'm just looking at the win totals right now for both. So on actionnetwork.com, that's Darren Ravel's website, um, he has the Yankees as the second highest win total with 95 and a half total wins that's that's pretty steep and get this number one team is the dodgers i think we all can agree yeah. with that how many wins do you think he has them projected at 101 wow you were close 102 and a half 102 and a half 102 and a half is projected as the win as the over under in uh for wins this year i think that's a, that's pretty high that's, high, yeah. that's really high i mean going back to 2019 you want to place an over on the Yankees' wins? They won 103 games in 2019. If you want to place an over on the Dodgers? They went. They won a lot of games. Yes. I mean, let's 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 be honest with that. They won a lot of games. They won 106 in 2019. Yeah. So, and they're a little they're a better team this year, definitely. Uh-huh. I mean, they didn't have Mookie Betts in 2019, so there you go. And Trevor Bauer. Uh, the third team he's got is the Padres at 94 and a half, and then all the way down is the Mets. I think they are the sixth highest team. And they're at 90 and a half. I think what you can do is slam the over on that. I, I I like that a lot. 90? Yeah. I mean, we might be maybe a little bit biased here. But well, I think this mess roster is better than any roster they've had over the past couple of years. Yeah. Without a doubt, it's it's better. And they had... Their offseason was okay. It's, it's not great. Like, I would say... I think we, we actually rated it a couple weeks ago and you had him as like a B plus. Mm-hmm. I think that was way too high. I had him as a C plus. And I think it goes up to a B slash B plus if they can re-sign Lindor. It still has not happened. Um, we are... And he's not going to negotiate. We yeah. mentioned this already. He's not going to negotiate once the season starts. And I'm starting to get a little nervous now. With every day that goes by, I'm starting to definitely get a little bit more uncomfortable because... Mm-hmm. I mean, it, we're getting down to it, and I think he seems pretty animate that mm-hmm. once the season starts, he's not negotiating. Yeah, and in the press conference, he, he talked about it. it was on ESPN. He was like, testing for agency would be a lot of fun. Like, that's something that I would have a lot of fun with. Yeah, and not something that you want to hear, hear yeah, as a Mets fan. Exactly. I mean, and I said, I said to one of our friends yesterday, it's actually Dylan, if the Mets don't get this... Don't get this signing done. It's like the same old. It's like it's like the Wilpons are back. Like yeah. how how can you give and, up assets in a trade for a superstar like this and then not be willing to sign him long term or not be willing to reach the price point that to sign him long term? Right. So it doesn't make any sense at all, which is why I think the Mets will in the end get it done. Call me cautiously optimistic. Call me too optimistic. I don't care. I think they will end up getting the deal done, which. Think will benefit everybody and will take him off the free agent list because let's face it if he goes to free agency you have now Lindor a free agent you have Syndergaard a free agent you have Conforto a free agent and Stroman, right? Stroman also and those guys are all free agents at the same time as 
Everyone else is bidding for him. Yeah. So now you're competing with 29 other teams, and the price is almost definitely going to go up. I think if Lindor, if they can re-sign Lindor right now, 10-year, $315 million deal, 320, I'll take that. Fine. Because if he goes to free agency next year and he has a really good year this year, bats like... Which he will, because that is how it works in sports. It's, right. If, if he bats if, like... If, if he hits free agency, he's going to... If if he ends the season, or if he hits the season without a contract, he's going he's gonna to have a great season. That's how it works. In sports, when a player hits free agency. Realistically, for Lindor, I can think you can expect 290, maybe 30 home runs, 95 RBIs. If he has that, he's getting like 330 or yeah. 340. Mm-hmm. Let's, I mean, if you want to save a couple couple bucks, if you're Steve Cohen, which I'm sure he doesn't care about saving any money, <laughs> but just make the, just, it'll make it infinitely harder if you do not sign him right now. So they got a few more days left. They can re-sign Lindor. They're also talking with... Conforto, but I think we all can agree that the number one priority right now is going to be Lindor. Yeah. Looking at the lineup for the Mets, though, it looks pretty good. I yeah. mean, from from one to eight, because you don't have the DH, one to eight is pretty darn good. You got Nimmo, you got Lindor, Conforto, and this is how I would go. I would go That's Nimmo, it. Lindor, Conforto. Um, I would also, I would go Pete Alonso four, Smith, five, McNeil six, JD Davis seven, and then James McCann eight. That's what how that's how I would go. I do like the left right, so that's why I went Nimmo Lindor, who's a switch hitter. Great, mm-hmm. he's a good switch hitter. Um, you would go Conforto, who's a lefty. Alonzo's a righty. Smith a lefty, and McNeil's had a tough spring training, but. And I do like the lefty-righty, but still, I do think McNeil is a better hitter than J.D. Davis. But, I mean, you yeah. can even intertwine those guys. I mean, McNeil can bat seventh. That's fine. Um, and then McCann will be batting eighth. I think that's how I would go. Let me ask you. Sorry to, sorry to branch away from that. NL East. Are they the favorites in the NL East? Is it the Braves? I mean, this dating back to last year, this has been the most competitive division in baseball. I think the highest quality of baseball you can find within a division. Are the Mets your favorite in the NL East? Uh no, they're they're not they're not my favorite and they're not the second team either. Really? Yeah, I mean we said this earlier. I I do not think I don't think the Mets are better than the Braves. So you the Braves think, one and Nats two. Nats two. Nats two. I think they have a better lineup and a better starting rotation. At least right now. I mean the Mets rotation as we look at it, they have an injury to Carrasco. Syndergaard's not coming back for another couple months. I mean you got Degrom, Stroman, Walker, and then David Peterson and Luke Casey. If if the Mets can. Be, I guess, above average by the time Syndergaard comes back and Carrasco hopefully was healthy by then, and God willing, everyone else stays healthy. That lineup, I mean, the best lineup can be dangerous. I mean, Degrom, Stroman, Syndergaard, Carrasco. You go down the list right there. It's it's I think one of the top lineups in baseball, or top rotations in baseball. And but again, you you talk about you you get back to the Braves, you get back to the Nationals, and even the Phillies. I mean, there's so much talent. In this division, it's tough. And, and the Marlins, Marlins won a playoff series last year. Yeah, and last thing you want to do is end up in that wild card spot because it's one game. Although having Jacob Degrom as your pitcher yeah. in that one actually, wild card game. I, I don't care about going to the wild card <laughs> to be honest because I have confidence Jacob Degrom will go out there and shove. Um, but I, it's just going to be getting to the wild card for me. Really, I think the Mets are going to be good. Don't get me wrong; I think the Mets are going to be great. But I think the Nationals will be better, and I think the Braves 
will definitely be better. They have one of the best rotations in baseball, the Braves do, and so do the Nationals. And you can't forget about the Nationals lineup either. Mm-hmm. I mean, Trey Turner is one of the best shortstops in the league. You got Juan Soto, one of the best players in the league. I would probably, I would probably take him as the best player right now in major leagues. And then you also, they went out and they got Josh Bell, who's a 30, 40 home run candidate. You got Schwarber, also hit 30 or 40 home runs. Starlin Castro, very underrated player. Jan Gomes, good hitter. Victor Robles, young player. And then Carter Keyboom, batting eighth as kind of their wild card who can break out and hit 30 home runs and bat 300. Yeah. So this rotation, this this starting lineup for the Nationals and the rotation as well, they went out and they added John Lester to Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin. Yeah. Like, how do you, like, you can't tell me that the Mets are going to be better than the Nationals. Like, they might turn out that the Mets will end up being better than the Nationals just because how the baseball season works out. But, but player-wise, right talent-wise, they're... Right now, the, the Nationals and the Braves have a better team than the Mets do. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just what it is. And then if you take a look at the Yankees now, the Yankees, we said they have the second-highest wing total in baseball, and they should be up there, definitely. I mean, their, their lineup is great. I think... The lineup is great year in and year out. Yeah. It's, I mean, when you can build around a lineup of Aaron Judge, DJ LeMahieu, um, Glaber Torres, Giancarlo Stanton, like your lineup already has a decent foundation, uh-huh. and all you have to do is just plug in the rest. And then you got, like you mentioned with the Nationals, you got other possible 30, 40 home run guys and Luke Voigt, and not, maybe not someone like Aaron Hicks, but. You know, there's just a lot of over- Gary Sanchez, a lot of overall power in the Yankee lineup. Yeah, Clint Frazier as well. Clint Frazier's probably gonna have a huge breakout year. I think where the Yankees are vulnerable though is the starting rotation. Yeah, I think that's the story every year with them. Yeah, um, Garrett Cole will be fine. Yeah. He's obviously you pay him three hundred million dollars to be there every fifth day. Um, I think Corey Kluber is a little bit of a wild card. I think the Yankees might be expecting a little more than what they're gonna get out mm-hmm. of Kluber. I think it's been a couple years since Kluber has been great. Yeah, he's getting up there in age. It's as you mentioned, it's been a while. And yeah. then they go and trade for Jamison Tyone, who was remember, remember, he's one of the most highly regarded prospects in baseball. Yeah, and didn't have a good season last year. No, but you know, Yankee fans are gonna be optimistic. And I mean, he has. I mean, I think a hundred mile an hour sinker is gonna be playing definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, you also a guy who um, sat out all last year. They actually have two guys who sat out all last year, but this guy sat out for domestic violence, and that was Domingo Herman, yeah. who's actually pitched very well in spring training, and mm-hmm. I would be shocked if he's not in the starting rotation. Um, so Domingo Herman is that number four, and remember, when he was pitching last, he was like, I, I don't really want to use elite mm-hmm. with Herman, but like... He was quality. He was, he was really good. He was borderline elite. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... I think he was he was in an all-star game, if I'm not mistaken. He, he made it to an all-star game. And let's see. So, in 2019, he went 18-4 and four with a 4-year. He had a 4-year race. It was a little high. They were scoring a lot of runs for him. But he went 18-4, 153 strikeouts, and 143 innings. Like, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. He, he was not in the all-star game. But, I mean, he was that's borderline elite there. Uh-huh. 24 games started, 18 wins. And I know the wins are a little bit of a devalued stat nowadays. But mm-hmm. still, like... You're no, going could, out there and you're giving your team a chance to win. That, he could be an X-factor for the Yankees. And then you also look at the bullpen. I mean, Zach Brayton's going to miss, I think, the first couple months of the season because he's having elbow surgery. But bullpen's going to be big for this team as well because while we mentioned the starting pitching is usually, usually an issue, 
The bullpen usually picks up some slack as they've had guys like Zach Britton or Roldis Chapman throughout the years. We'll see now, without Britton, lack of starting rotation, how much are the Yankees going to depend on their star-studded lineup? I think it will be pretty big. Pretty big dependence. Yeah, and I think right now their bullpen is a huge, huge, huge sore spot for them. Like, they they lost Britton, as you mentioned. Chapman's going to be there. Um, that's great. But they also traded away um, Adam Ottavino. Mm-hmm. And they replaced him with a cheaper reliever in Darren O'Day. So now you have O'Day. Justin Wilson actually got sidelined with an injury a couple days ago. And his opening day status is up in the air. Um, you have a lot of guys here that, frankly, um, if you're not a Yankee fan or you're not like following baseball closely, you really don't know who these guys are. Yeah. I mean, Nick Nelson, Tyler Lyons, you're gonna the Yankees are gonna be relying on these guys to shoulder the load of what a Zach Britton would have done or Justin Wilson would have done. Mm-hmm. Now, looking at the AL East, you know the Rays lose Charlie Morton and Blake Snell, lose two of their three-headed monster. The Blue Jays go out and sign George Springer. Are the Yankees the odd-on favorites yeah. in the AL East? I mean, until until I'm proven until I'm proven otherwise, I think it's got to be the Yankees. And then at two, I got to have the Rays, and then it's the Blue Jays, and okay. then the Red Sox, and then the Orioles. The Orioles are just terrible. Yeah, I mean, um, Matt Harvey got an opening day spot with which, the Orioles, which I don't get it. Like the Orioles rotation has to be really, really bad because I was I was looking at his stats and. I remember just coming away from it saying like, wait, how did he how did he get a job with those stats? Because I think he had close to a five ERA with the Orioles and he ended up making the rotation. Um, they also have Felix Hernandez too. So <laughs> if that rotation was around five years ago, yeah, they would they, be a studs. Yeah. I They'd mean, probably be favorites in the East. Man, that mess rotation that made the World Series, the the four man rotation they ran in those playoffs. Oh my goodness. Matt Harvey. Ever since he ever since he told Terry Collins, nah, don't take me out, I'm staying in, it has literally gone downhill. Yeah, it has, and I don't know if it was because of that. Was, yeah, that was probably just a coincidence, but... But has. it's a, definitely a good symbol for his career as well. Um, but yeah, um, Orioles are definitely in shambles. I think the Yankees in the East, it's theirs. I mean, mm-hmm. they're supposed to they're supposed to win close to 100 games. So, yeah. I mean, you have... Like, the Yankees have to be. They have a great team, uh, one of the highest payrolls in baseball... The expectations are there. They're just going to run it back. And uh-huh. a lot of people expected them to uh, get to the World Series last year, but they didn't. So they basically have the same team this year. Um, back to that rotation for the Yankees. They're going to have Luis Severino coming back at some point this mm-hmm. year. And uh, when I say borderline elite for Herman, like I actually mean elite now for Luis Severino because yeah. he was he was that good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Yankees waited a while for him to actually turn out to be that good, but he ended up actually fulfilling all those expectations and was really good before he got hurt and I think the Yankees are going to be expecting him to come back and be that guy that he was before he went down with Tommy John yeah I think he's going to have to be that kind of guy I mean let's not forget Masahiro Tanaka is no longer with the Yankees he was I mean while he wasn't the star-studded pitcher that many people had hoped when they signed him signed him he still was a quality starting pitcher for them throughout the years now you get Severino back we, we talked about the signing of Corey Kluber in the trade for Jamison Tyone. Yankees lineup or starting rotation. A lot of potential, but you know, we'll see what it comes to when games are actually starting to get played. So I know the the season doesn't start till Thursday. Um, we're not gonna be on air until after the season starts. So in light of that, and I know really no one cares, but who would you take for an MVP right now? If you were to put money on it, if you had a hundred dollars and you had to put 
money down on an NL MVP to start, who would your MVP be? An NL MVP? Correct. Juan Soto. Juan Soto. So I'm looking at it right now. He is the favorite. Okay. You know me going NCAA tournament favorites, going favorites here. Yeah, he's he's my favorite coming out of the NL. I mean, you mentioned before, he's one of the best, maybe the best player in baseball right now. How many? I, I'm actually interested to see how many times a favorite, like going into a season, actually does win, like the MVP or the Cy Young. Unless your name is Mike Trout, probably not the highest. Uh, is, is, is Trout the highest in the AL? Uh, Trout Trout is the highest. Yeah, he is actually a heavy, heavy favorite, favorite, right? favorite yeah, to win. Say. But like, I mean, even Mike Trout, like you just said, unless your name is Mike Trout, but. How many MVPs is Mike Trout won? It's like not more than one, I think. It's t- I mean, it's tough to go, to go year in and year out and just win the MVP, but who's, who's your favorite in the NL? Uh, so, wait, okay, so Trout has three MVPs. Okay. He won one in 2014, he won one in 2016, and then he won one in 2019. Uh, but he's been top five in the MVP since he's been in the league. Yeah, so there you go. He's going to be there. My, my pick for the NL MVP... Um, I would say probably Mookie. Mookie Betts, okay. Mookie Betts. And then my my dark horse to win, my dark horse to win the MVP, Manny Machado. All right. Manny Machado. Manny, that's Manny it. Machado. I like I haven't heard him talked about in quite some time. Well, he had a really good year last year. Um, COVID shortened the year, but he played all 60 games. He played really well. Yeah, I'm excited to watch the Padres. I, I wanted them to go for on the playoffs last year. Obviously... Ran into the Dodgers, but... Right, and every team is going to run into that problem of yeah. running into the Dodgers. <laughs> so, I mean, the Padres are going to finish second in the NL West. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the Dodgers there. I don't care how good the Padres are. I don't care if they go out and, you know, recreate all the fit, all the legends from, you know, 1920. I don't care. <laughs> the Dodgers are there. The Dodgers are supreme over the Padres each and every year. doesn't matter who they have. The Dodgers... Mm-hmm. Are going to win the NL West pretty easily. I think also a team in the NL Central um, is the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals have to be the clear favorite going out mm-hmm. and getting Nolan Arenado. Yeah. When you go out and get the the best third baseman in the league, uh, I know that's that's gonna that's definitely gonna play. For what? All right. I know we have to uh, cut this segment short a little bit, but AL MVP. You just said Mike Trout. All right. Not uh, not Mike Trout. Okay. Who would you take? Not Mike Trout. Uh, right. I'll go with Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, he is now the third. He is the third. Third? He is the Who's third second? favorite. Second is Alex Bregman, believe it right. or not. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, looking down the list here, not a lot of names that immediately jump out to me. I'm going to be totally honest. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm going to probably air more towards the top. Um, how about Shohei Otani? All right, yeah. Shohei Otani, He's MVP. able to stay completely healthy and maximize his ability to both pitch and hit. He has five yeah. home runs in spring training right now. How can you compete with a guy who throws 100 miles an hour who's probably going to throw lights out and then also, not on his pitching days, hit like 25 or 30 home runs? Like, yeah. How is that not going to be MVP? Hey, That's what I don't That's know. a good question. But uh, we got we to gotta wrap it up here. We'll, when we come back, we'll talk about the NFL, Zach Wilson Pro Day, um, and what the Giants did in free agency, which was very, very shocking. All that and more coming up right after the break. BIC Radio is the voice of Ithaca College. Here's a campus organization you can get involved in. Planned Parenthood Generation Action is a student activist group that works directly with the Planned Parenthood of the Southern Finger Lakes and the Planned Parenthood Action Fund. They are dedicated to keeping Ithaca College conscious of reproductive justice and of legislative attacks on people's bodies regarding healthcare. 
Their meetings are on Thursdays at 7 p.m. in Friends 207. To join, email icgenerationaction at gmail.com or follow IC Generation Action on Instagram. Want to get your organization's message on the air? Email community at vicradio.org to connect with the Campus Community Involvement Director. Back to the payoff pitch, Luke Bagoni and Quentin Pelzel here with you. And as we wrap up today's episode, we got Zach Wilson's pro day. We got some NFL news we want to talk about. Quentin mentioned it before the break. The Giants continue to break the bank in free agency. The Jets have added some more key players, really on the defensive line. They've rebolted the entire line, but that's the main focus. Possible Jets, future quarterback, Zach Wilson. His measurements are in. His measurements are in. He is, um, well... He is definitely above average. He is 6'2". Yeah. Okay, so that's good. I think there were a lot of people that thought that maybe 6'2", the listing on the website, wasn't accurate. But 6'2", definitely accurate. He also has a larger hand than what most people thought. Nine and a half inch. And he actually has a larger hand. And believe it or not, dare I say it, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, get excited. Everyone get excited. We, we're, they're drafting the next Patrick Mahomes. That's so he has a larger hand than Patrick Mahomes. He weighs 214, which is fine. Anything under 200, I think, is a little bit um, of a red small. flag for me. That's yeah. a little small. But, I mean, right now, you're looking at Zach Wilson. I mean... He's bigger than if, I thought. If you, are, if you are a Jet fan, you're just... You're drooling over these numbers because yeah. this is definitely better than what you expected. Yeah, he's... Like you mentioned, he's a lot bigger than I thought he was going to be. And I guess that kind of explains more or less where that throwing power has come from. Because obviously, we've been thrown at or we've watched our videos ourselves, him throwing 65, 70-yard balls with ease. And now, I think that kind of makes more sense. But we mentioned it before we started. I think we may have said it last week too. More and more, as time winds down, as the telltale signs, it seems like the Jets are leaning, will lean toward taking Zach Wilson with a number two overall pick. Yeah, and I think we'll see Sam Darnold being traded within the next couple weeks, to be honest. I think the Jets and Sam Darnold's time together are definitely going to be coming to an end. I think the Jets, you know, as these numbers come out, as they watch his pro day, which is actually going on as we speak um, here on a Friday, um, I think the Jets are going to be enamored with Zach Wilson. I really do. And I have said it all along. I wanted Zach Wilson from the start. I wanted him four months ago. Yes, go back and check the text in the Snapchat group chat. I have said I wanted Zach Wilson from the start. And if the Jets end up with Zach Wilson... Oh my gosh, like that'll be awesome. You get Zach Wilson, you also don't and the Jets are not gonna get Deshaun Watson. So I think we can we can put that off Without the table the rest, with what yeah. everything's going on with Deshaun Watson. I don't think any team is gonna make any no. move to try to get Deshaun Watson. So that's more, off the table. It's one of the most complicated situations in sports right now. But yeah, back to the Jets, Deshaun Watson's off the table. So right now it is Zach Wilson. Or Sam Darnold. Those are the only two options. Those are the only two answers. Yeah. Okay? They can either use that pick to trade down and get more picks, or use that pick to help Sam Darnold out, yeah. or they can just trade Sam Darnold, get a third-round pick, and then draft Zach Wilson and just be done with it. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the best-case scenario, right? Like, I, yeah. I, okay. As time's gone on, I've, I've, I've come to more agree with that. But what, what are you going to say? I have a question here for you. So, if it was up to you... Are you more concerned about trading Darnold and him being great somewhere else? That's a large concern. Or you, or are you more concerned about keeping Darnold and having Zach Wilson being great 
somewhere else? That's a tough question, Q. Um, I think it would actually be the latter because they could have drafted Zach Wilson on a rookie quarterback. And we've heard that a lot throughout this decision that the Jets are going to have to re-sign Donald in some capacity or you know they'll have to make the decision after this year. Either way, with Wilson comes a small rookie contract, which we know NFL teams love. And if we saw him walk away and just be a complete stud, even if Sam came back and was decent, was better than what we've seen, if Wilson went on to be a star elsewhere, then yeah, that would definitely sting as a Jet fan. Yeah, no, I would actually um, tend to agree with you there. I think we know what Darnold is. He's gonna be, he's a good he's a good quarterback. Okay, I I think a lot of people um, would definitely kind of disagree with me, and I kind of went on a limb saying that. But like, he's a good quarterback despite what we've seen from the Jets. I think he can thrive in a system kind of like the Colts system or even mm-hmm. like the 49ers where all these surrounding all the pieces are there. All the pieces are there and you're not going to be, you know, pressured or you're not going to be asked to throw 30 or 40 times a game. Like the Colts can win with, you know, an aging Philip Rivers or Jacoby Brissett. Like if they can win with those guys, they can definitely win with Sam Darnold. But yeah. I know the Colts aren't going to get Sam Darnold now because they got Carson Wentz. But I mean, I guess Darnold could go back to uh, California. He can yeah. go back to the Niners. I think that would be a good fit for him because I know the Niners are trying to get out of that contract with Garoppolo. Maybe yeah. the Patriots get Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think a lot of questions will be answered in the draft because there are a lot of quarterbacks in this draft class. So if we see a team like the Niners trade up and select a Trey Lance or something along those lines or a Justin Fields, then Sandano may not have a landing spot. Okay, so we just got some breaking news here from Adam Schefter. Dolphins trading number three pick to the San Francisco 49ers. Wait, no. I'm not joking. This, just now? Just now. The that's Dolphins, major news. Yeah, that is, that's huge. So what did I just say? I just said the Niners. That's crazy. I just said the Niners. So could this, trade up and select a quarterback. So this has to be the Niners trading up to select that quarterback. So the Niners, in return, are trading the twelfth overall pick and a twenty twenty one third round pick back to the Dolphins. So the Dolphins trading out of that third pick, and the Niners look like they're going to be taking a quarterback. At wow. Yes. This is crazy. That I can't believe that just broke. Good, Quentin. Good job. To- so. So that means we're going to have Trevor Lawrence drafted one. I think Lawrence is definitely going to go one. Jets will probably pick Wilson two. And then three opens up for the Niners. Maybe they get Trey Lance. Maybe you just predicted it. You had no clue. I had zero clue. Literally within the second. Oh, my goodness. That's wild. But, damn, that's a massive, massive trade. That that gets rid of any Miami not having two as their starting quarterback. So uh, now where where does Garoppolo go? Does Garoppolo go back to the Patriots? I don't. That that's yeah. Jimmy G with, but they just signed Cam Newton, new fourteen million dollar deal. Wow, I mean, this, fourteen million. You can get out of that. I, I love the NFL offseason. This is great. This is awesome. Oh my goodness! Wow, yeah. that's a massive trade, though. I mean, from three, from number twelve, nine picks in the first round to the up in the first round. That's do you think it's a huge jump? So do you think it'll be? I think it'll be Lance or Fields. It has to be one, one of those other. two. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Shanahan has to. Has to like someone out of those two. Has to like one of them. I mean, oh my gosh, I can only imagine like him. The, him with a quarterback, a quarterback like with a lot of talent, oh my like goodness. actual I mean, talent. The last time he had one, Matt Ryan, and he was the offensive coordinator of that team, and Matt Ryan won the MVP. So according to Schefter, he just followed up with his tweet, said 49ers now square in the quarterback mix, as we have just said, but are holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo and have no plans to trade him. 
I don't. What, what are they gonna? What are they picking here? Oh, they don't need a wide receiver. Which they're definitely gonna be picking a quarterback. Yeah, I think but, what they're gonna do is probably draft a quarterback. Say it's Justin Fields or Trey Lance, and then just play out the season with Garoppolo. But Garoppolo throughout the season is gonna be looking over his back, looking at Trey Lance or Justin Fields because you know the moment that Garoppolo screws up or doesn't play well, and the 49ers are on like a two or three game losing streak, fans are gonna be calling for um, their their quarterback that they just drafted third overall to come in and uh, and clean up for Garoppolo. But I think the 49ers could get a good amount for Garoppolo. Like, he has yeah. a big contract. I think they can get a third-round pick, second-round pick for him. Mm-hmm. I think the Patriots would be willing to do that. I think it's, yeah, exactly. I think it depends on the team that would need him. But you got to look around the NFL and what teams need quarterbacks. That that's that was one of the issues with Cam Newton last year as to why he wasn't getting signed. I think the Bears instantly come to mind. I know yeah. they got Andy Dalton and a lot of Bears fans. <laughs> you can't even say that. Serious. <laughs> Bears fans are so mad about that. I am that. blown away at this at this trade that just happened. I mean, that that's a massive, massive trade. And now, that has other implications for other teams. Now you look at someone like the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sure they were worried about a Jamar Chase being drafted to Miami. And now Miami picking all the way back at 12. So they, they're content. I mean, you look at Miami now. They have first-round picks. They've built up their roster. Brian Flores done an amazing job but yeah the Niners now you're now also you're in the NFC West you're the Cardinals you're the Seahawks you're thinking wow San Fran might actually have a star-studded quarterback or a starting caliber not starting caliber Jimmy Garoppolo is starting caliber but you know an upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo and you talk about implications for other teams we just talked about Darnold maybe to the Niners (laughs) now Darnold probably will not get traded to the Niners literally within 30 seconds uh, 10 seconds actually and you go massive news. That that was that was crazy. So now this actually kind of muddies the water for the Jets a little bit. They're still ahead of the Niners, so the Niners don't influence that in any way. But in terms of trading Darnold and trying to get the most assets for him, could it be possible that the Jets maybe now hold on to Darnold but still draft a quarterback? I think that could be possible, just go into the season with two guys, because I don't know what other teams are going to be looking to trade for Darnold. Exactly. That, that's, that's, the, that's the thing. That's the need. But do you really think Joe Douglas is gonna want to I don't know like because then let's say you bring in two you go into camp I don't think there's any I don't think there's any downside to that I really don't if you go into camp though Zach Wilson is he your backup is he your starter is Sam Darnold the starter I think what you do you have them fight it out and I think probably going in the upper hand is gonna go to Darnold because he I mean he's been in the league for four more years than Wilson so uh but I think right now if you can't find a really good destination for Darnold which 49ers trading up three. They're going to probably draft a quarterback. I think everyone is. Uh, I mean, maybe the, that. Maybe the Steelers sit behind Big Ben this last year because this. I think this will be Big Ben's last starting year in the NFL. I'm surprised they even kept him around. But uh, otherwise, think about it. Who? Who else? Maybe the Saints. Yeah. I know they gave Taysom Hill a huge contract, but a lot of that money isn't going to Yeah, it's convey. a weird contract. Yeah, it's a very weird contract. I don't know the Bears, the Saints. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of other teams that might be in the running for a guy like Sam Darnold. Um, and not a lot of teams come to mind. I'm going to be totally honest. No, the Panthers I, maybe. And the Panthers actually get influenced by this, this too. This hurts the Panthers a lot because I've seen so many mocks of them trading up to three to select a Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Now, I think they're sitting at six. You I know, think we all can agree that. I do not want Sam Darnold to be traded to the Patriots. Yeah. Oh no, I don't think I don't think that would happen. I think I don't, all think, I don't think Joe Douglas would let that happen. No. I mean, even if the Patriots offer you first round picks for the next ten years, I'm not yeah, doing that. No. There's no way I'm doing that. Um, but like this influences maybe a team. 
let's see. Just like just looking at teams that are looking for quarterbacks. Like we already said, the Panthers, the Broncos. I guess. I mean, they. I feel like they draft a John quarterback Elway like every loved year. Loved Sam Darnold that draft year. I read an article about it a couple yeah. weeks ago, but you know that was before he saw him play in the NFL and had kind of three below average years. Vikings could be a team. He signed Kirk to two year another two year extension. I, yeah, but like Kirk. I know, but then Sam needs a new contract too. It's it's yeah. a really tough situation. That's gonna do it for us. An electric end. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Talk about an electric end. That is great. Um, that's gonna do it for us here on the payoff pitch, the fifth episode of the payoff pitch with Quinton Pelzel, Lupagonis in the books. Next week we will be back in the studio on a Sunday, right after the season starts, so that'll be great. But uh, next up, stay right here on VIC because undercovered with Emily Adams and Alora Lagarde is right next. Stay right here.